Hey friends, today I want to tell you about Melissa Arlena. She's one of our TMA favorite go-to SEO educators for photographers. With over 15 years of experience in both photography and SEO, she's crafted services that truly understand and meet your needs. Her aim is to make SEO simple for maternity, newborn, and family photographers. And if you're like me, I need simple when it comes to SEO. Her favorite way to help photographers tackle their website SEO is her signature group coaching program, Picture Perfect Rankings. Over a four-month time frame, you'll learn how to do keyword research, homepage and portfolio optimization, and blogging for 2024 that clients actually want to read and drive crazy traffic to your website. Plus, you'll have her to ask questions of and get her eyes on your work just to make sure it's perfect. For our listeners, there's a little perk, 20% off of shop products and courses. So head to melissaarlena.com forward slash picture dash perfect dash rankings and let's get your work the attention it deserves. I saw that I could make a good amount of money in a very short amount of time and then also serve clients in a way that they wanted what I was offering. So in this situation, it was Santa. There was a need clients really wanted it. There was an opportunity for me to make a good amount of money. And so I went with that. Hey, hey friends, are you ready to host your first high volume mini session event, but you just don't know where to start? Allison has successfully run these types of events for years, and this past November landed on a workflow and a pricing structure that led to her biggest success to date. With a client average of $600, just over 50 families, and a gross profit of $32,000, Allison has created content inside our membership this month that's all about what's required to have the same success and today we're sharing her live Q&A with you. So whether you're wanting to host Santa, a motherhood event, maybe family minis done right, of course, or heirloom portraits, today's episode will help you make that event a success. So now I present to you episode number 72 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Today's topic is going to be on high volume, profitable mini session events. That is a mouthful. And that is what I did content on this month. So if you have not hopped over into your membership content, now would be the time to do that. I think that for me, I am very careful on when I do many sessions and how I offer them because I don't want to devalue my business. I don't want to take away from full sessions all of that. But I have I've done Santa events and motherhood events for years and years and years. And I think that structured the right way, they can be amazing for your business. So when you think of many sessions, a lot of times people just think of less of everything. How I do it and how I structure things is we're talking high volume. So I do it to where I am structuring these events so that I'm doing a large amount of families and I can afford to like make everything less for them, but I'm making a lot more money for me in less time. So we're talking 50 to 80 families in a weekend and done in a way that it is a lot of money made for us 
And then it's also beneficial for the clients because they're in turn getting a taste of my experience and they're not having to pay a full session price. There are always caveats to that. They are short sessions. A lot of times in the group, I will see people say, I offered a mini session and it was 20 minutes long. And for me, that is not a mini session because I can really do a full session in 20 minutes. So I think that you need to be very specific about what is a mini to you and really what you're offering like during that time. What inspired me to start organizing these events? Really, it was the money. <laughs> to be truthful, I saw that I can make a good amount of money in a very short amount of time and then also serve clients in a way that they they wanted what I was offering. So in this situation, it was Santa. Back then, whenever I started offering Santa years and years ago, not very many people were offering that. So now I know that a lot of people are, but back then it was not that way. So there was a need. Clients really wanted it. There was an opportunity for me to make a good amount of money. And so I went with that. I think that over the years, you've it's like anything, right? You have to ebb and flow with how things shift, how things change and what your offerings are. But I think that you have to do that with anything. So I took a break during COVID because I didn't want to get a large, again, I'm, I'm talking like 50 to 80 families. I didn't want to get those amount of people together in a very closed, tight space with a bunch of snotty children. So I did not do that during the thick of COVID. This was the first year that we started it back up. And I started it back up after I said that I would never, <laughs> because I had so many families reaching out saying that they missed it. And there, again, there are now a million photographers offering Santa, but like with anything, it comes down to you as the artist and the experience that you deliver to your clients. And I think that this, this really showed me that even though guys, Houston is a very saturated market, there are a million talented photographers, but there were multiple clients who said, we went elsewhere for those years that you didn't have Santa, we would like to come back to you, please have it. So I think that really showed me that what I like preach to you guys about it really comes down to you as the person and your experience really is true. There's a million places that they could go absolutely for cheaper too. And they want what I was giving them. We brought it back. We did it on a smaller scale. So I think that previous years it was closer to like 70, 80 families. And this year it was like 54 families. So not as many. I'm going to pause and go to some of the questions in the chat. Lots of questions. One is the inquiries I get lead to me feeling like the people who contact me are the kind of people who are obsessed with mini sessions. How can I keep doing minis while also promoting full sessions as something people should do? So for me, it is very like full sessions are for this, mini sessions are for that. For instance, up until this past year, they, there was no mini sessions available for family, period. If they wanted a family session, they had to do a full session. You just create those boundaries in your business where it's just, oh, this is what you want. This is what's available to you. I did, and you'll see this in the content, I did make it an option where they could upgrade to a family picture 
for a certain amount at Santa. Now, this was not a family session. This was not multiple poses with just one parent and the kids, the other parent and the kids solo, not, none of that. It was literally the family sitting on the bench in front of a wreath, which dates it. That was my purpose in that. It's not, they're not going to necessarily hang that on their wall with a wreath because it's Christmas. So that was my purpose. They want family pictures that they're going to put in an album or put on their walls. It's not probably going to be one that has a Christmas wreath in the background. They're still going to want to, to schedule a full family session that is not dated by holiday. So I think that in order to like really offer minis, like what you're asking, but also not devalue like those full sessions and still get those full, you have to make good business decisions as far as, okay, I'm going to offer minis, but it's only for X, Y, and Z. So for right now, we do offer like petite sessions in the studio, but it's for baby only, like older baby only sessions or a maternity session without their partner with a booked newborn session. So you make the rules. You can do exactly what you want. And that way you're not just handing over a million mini sessions without having your full sessions booked as well. How can I change from 20 minutes to 15 or 10? I tried once and I got, and got pushback. You're probably not going to like my answer, but I just do it. And if they want the mini session, that's what they get. I for Santa literally say it's between three and five minutes and that's what they get. Initially people are like, wait, what? Like three to five minutes, but then they show up and they have the experience and they realize, wait, there was literally no need for me to be there longer than five minutes. Like they see their kids with Santa. They see, especially if they have a kid that's like to Santa, they see that there's no need to have to be there longer than two or three minutes. And that's verified by the pictures that I deliver. So I'm able to, they're able to be there for four minutes and they still get tons of beautiful pictures to choose from. And I really drive it home that the time truly doesn't matter. It's the gallery that I deliver. So do you want to be there? Like, why do you want to be there that long? That's the question to ask. And I say this to my newborn sessions, to my family sessions. I will have clients ask all the time, does that come with an hour? And I say, no, that comes with as long as it takes me to deliver a gallery that I know I will be proud of and that you will love because no toddler wants to hang out with me for an, an hour and a half. No dad wants to hang out with me for a newborn session for three hours because I'll have clients, not so much anymore, but in the past they would say, this newborn photographer will give me three hours for this price. And I'm like, if you want to have three hours with somebody, then you can do that. But I can do a full session in probably an hour. And then when they think about it, they're like, oh. So I think that going from 20 minutes to 15 or 10, I would blow their minds and go to five and be like, hey, here you go. Here's a five minute session and you get all of these beautiful images and you got to go out to lunch and not wait in line for Santa at the mall with a bunch of screaming families. And if you get pushback, we can help with wording on that. That's easy. You don't have to worry about, about that part. And they're going to either 
they're going to either say yes to you or they're going to move on to somebody else. What did they mention was different in my experience? So the clients that came back to me from other photographers, oh, truly, I don't know that I want to say verbatim what they said because it just basically that they, I've been doing it for 12 years and that showed in the way that I interacted with their kids and the pictures that were produced and that they really appreciated that. I think that whenever they had been coming to me for so many sessions, I think that sometimes, and I think that this is normal for everybody. Sometimes they're like, Ooh, piece of candy. That person's a thousand dollars cheaper. Let me go try it. And then they go and then they realize like, Oh man, but I was actually with them for double the time. And I only got three pictures that I really liked. Let me actually go back. So that was basically the gist of what's what they mentioned. I think that there's a lot to be said for how you make a client feel, how you connect with the client, how you interact with their children, because how you interact with their children really puts them, the parents at ease, especially the mom. All of that really makes a big difference. I, for instance, I just delivered a gallery yesterday and the toddler before they even got there was having a really hard day, having a tantrum mom messaged me and was like, this is not going to go well. And she continued to have a hard time when she got there. And I delivered their gallery yesterday and she was like, Allison, this is my favorite session you've ever done. And to think that the entire time I was thinking she's not going to get anything. And so I think that it's like those the ability for us to do that for our clients that keeps them coming back to us. I'm sorry that this has been asked, but wondering for those of you who are a one man show, are you having an assistant welcoming clients? When you finish the last client, can you explain their role and process on clients coming and going all day? Yes. Even whenever I was a one woman show, I'm not anymore. I would have, I would like have people help me for the day. I think that's super important. And I think that truly the more people that you have there, the better. So this past event, I was photographing clients, Monette, the photographer that works with me, she was doing sales. Um, her sister was welcoming clients at the door and checking them in. And then my best friend was keeping track of who was in order and giving them instructions of, okay, now you go and see Monette. Okay. But now it's your turn to go to Allison and all of that. So we had four of us working the event and it was like a well-oiled machine. So I think the more people that you can have the better and clients feel really taken care of and it's smooth and you stay on, on track and on time. Next question, how do I let people know what I've been doing as minis in the past is not going to be that way going forward? I have lots of people who come year after year, and I now I need to cut the time and deliver photos down, down drastically. Afraid people are going to be really taken aback, or how can I tell them if you want that book a full session, please? I think for me personally, I uh, so in the beginning, I did things the wrong way. And then I did things the right way. And I think that when you switch, not saying that this is the right way, but I think that there's some similarities in what I was doing and then going from a mini session to a mini session. And a lot of times it's just 
offering it and not necessarily offering an explanation, only doing that if, if people ask you. I think that sometimes if we say more than we need to, then it creates turmoil when it doesn't need to be there. So I think that announcing your new offerings and telling people all about them and it is what it is. And then if people have questions, then they can reach out. And that's when you can worry about addressing it one-on-one, -on -one. making a really big deal about it publicly and trying to offer up an explanation makes people start thinking, wait, should I be upset about this when maybe they wouldn't have been in the first place? So I really wouldn't do that. I would just say, Hey, this is our new event. This is what's going to be included. You can say we, we know that time and attention, you can be creative with copy, but kids attention span is short. We, we get it. Like these are short and sweet. You're still going to get like this many images to choose from. You can be creative with your copy to where it really paints it in a positive light. And then if people have questions, then just do that one-on-one -on -one privately. That way you're not creating like problems where there doesn't need to be problems. That's always my two cents. Let's see. How do you manage the next mini session family coming in while shooting the current session? Does it take away from their experience with you shooting the whole session ahead of time? I think it depends. The way that I am set up now, I, they're not seeing it. My studio is all different rooms. And so I was either out on our patio shooting like the outdoor Christmas tree minis that I had set up, or I was upstairs mm -hmm. and we had a queue set up there. And so they weren't actually like seeing it. Even on, at my old studio where it was one room, we had people like stand out in the like lobby, like hallway area. So nothing was really spoiled. Now, when I did my like full on, I feel like what I was like known for, like Santa and a sunset mini sessions when I was out in my field. Yeah. We had a queue of people lined up. They saw Santa. There was, that was it, but they knew that going in and that was just part of that experience. And that's really what sold out within minutes for me and what people loved the most. So I don't really think that people cared. That's what they wanted. Follow up to four people helping on a given mini session day, you say someone is doing sales. I thought you send a gallery after I've been seeing a lot more photographers offer some sort of makeup finishing services with mini sessions. Can you share if you do this or aware of others who offer this successfully? So in the content, I talk about this the day of I switched to how I was doing things because on the previous Santa podcast, Jelaine shared that she did sales like the day of, and I was like, Okay, I'm going to try that. So I was shooting, Monette was doing sales. And so what we offered were ornaments. We had the desktop frame from Musea. We had Canvas, which I'm not, a, I don't offer Canvas like throughout the year, but people really like Canvas for some reason for Santa. So I offered uh, Musea's Canvas because it's like the best of the best. And what else was there? I think that's it maybe a couple other things, loose prints, stuff like that. So the day of the event, Monette was saying, because there's the excitement and everything. And so Monette was saying, Hey, do you want to go ahead and place an order for ornaments? Do you want to go ahead and order anything here? They got to see everything in person. And it, we, she would say, if you want to go ahead and place your order for your full digital files, then you can do that. 
and it will make it a lot easier, like streamlined for us to just deliver that to you. So we had a lot of people go ahead and place an order for their digital files. Now, if they just wanted less than that, we would not take orders for that. But if they wanted their full digital file set, she would accept an order for that. And she would go ahead and place orders for ornaments and things like that. And that did make a difference. We did that. And then I had it set up in pick time upon delivery. I had two workflows. I had a workflow to assign if they had already purchased their digitals. And then I had a workflow assigned if they did not purchase their digitals at the event. And so I assigned that and then it had a storefront like with that workflow and all was well. So it made it really easy. Okay, I, I'm caught up on questions. So I'm gonna look over here. Timing, when is the best time to plan these events? I think that if you are brand new to these, I think you gotta go a little bit closer to when you're gonna actually have the event. So if you're just starting to offer Santa or offer like a motherhood mini event, I think that starting to plan these, like market these closer to your event date is going to be more successful. I've been doing these for years. And so my Santa goes live in July and they book in July. Um, but I can only do that because I've been doing it for a very long time. Let's see. Danae says, did you offer an incentive for ordering all digital same day? No, there is no incentive. They just were able to go ahead and get that paid for off their plate done. And many people did. How do I price these so that they are profitable? So I went over all of the pricing in the content for this month. I used to just do the all-inclusive route, but I went the a la carte method this past event, and I will 1000% stick with that from now on. I was trying to go back and forth with like, how do I structure this to where, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a fine line of, okay, this is the creative fee for the, for your mini. These are the add-ons for your digital files, which how to do it like one, three, all, I don't know. It's really, for me, there's a fine line of what you're offering and what gets them to really choose like all files. And Granted, I'm just one person, but having the majority of people upgrade to all files and our average for that event being so high, it's higher than it's ever been for me. So it's almost a $600 average per family for an event that's five minutes or less was, I could not have asked for more. So I would really love it if other people <laughs> tried that pricing structure so we could see if it's like as successful for them as it was for me. Let's see, what products do I offer? I already went over um, some of that, but it's the Musea desktop frame, the canvas, the ornaments were a really big hit, really big hit. Jelaine had mentioned offering ornaments and I don't remember if she was the one that told me about the bamboo or if I found the bamboo, but anyways, it's the bamboo ornaments from ProDPI and those like clients really loved those. Let's see, how am I booking clients and collecting fees and why session and not 17 hats? I am like a ride or die 17 hats person as far as like a CRM. And I literally set the entire thing up in 17 hats, but session allows those add-ons, which for me is a big deal. Them being able to say, here's the creative fee, 
and yes, I want this add-on, that was huge. I like how the experiences to check out with session over 17 hats. And I like the, you like the experience for me better with session. So the ability to like do the add-on the, it was something with, and I always forget what it was, but it's something with the scheduling because I do a certain number of families every 15 minutes. And I think that in 17 hats, like I had to add like some sort of buffer or something in order to make it look correct. And it was just going to be confusing for clients. So I went with session and then also session has a wait list, which was very nice. It automatically would add people to a wait list if your spots were full. And I loved that. So I know that ideally it's not it's technically more work, but I have everybody sign up in session. And then the day of, I just create, and Monette would create invoices for collecting payments on digital files. And then delivering galleries was through pick time. So it sounds like a lot, but I promise you it really wasn't after everything was set up. It was okay. Let me hop back over here for questions. How do sessions and pick time work together? Angela, do you mean, does it, do you mean session like the scheduling software or, okay. So session and pick time does not work together. They're two totally separate things. So they schedule in session and then I deliver my galleries in pick time and they pay for them there. So two totally separate things. I still afterwards have to go in and create separate galleries for each person, which creating the gallery is time consuming. However, I create templates for each. I create a template. So you're really just applying a template to the same gallery over and over again. It's just mundane. You just put on Netflix and do it. Let me see. How do I market and promote these events to attract a high volume of clients? And am I gaining new clients during these or are a lot of them returning clients? I think that the events that I am doing are as successful as they are because I've been around a long time. I think that I lucked out because when I started, not a lot of people were doing Santa. And so that created a buzz around what I was doing just by default. I think that now you are going to have to market strategically in order to fill these to fill these events. I think that the pricing structure that I used with it not being all inclusive and not being super like high is going to be helpful to that to get people more people in the door. And then also just word of mouth, like having your current clients tell their friends like, hey, my favorite photographer is doing these mini sessions and I'm super excited. I think that would be really helpful. But let's say that you want to do 50 sessions over two days. I would not open up all 50 sessions over two days. I would open one day and fill those and then open the second day and fill those. That way you don't have potentially a spattering of bookings over two days and a bunch of dead time in between. Fill the first day first and then open the second day. That way you can just be strategic with how you're working. I do think that, again, there's so many people that are offering these events now. It really is going to come down to you and you as an artist 
and what you are delivering and the experience that you like how you have made these people feel in the past or how you are making them feel now. And that's sometimes hard for us because we don't always want to get on Instagram and talk face-to-face with them on stories. And we don't always want to be, I don't know, sometimes it's just easier to like write up something like, oh, this mini session was so sweet, blah, blah, blah. And that's it in post. And then we're like, why aren't we selling them? And a lot of times it takes us getting into stories and talking about why we're so excited about these and what we're going to be doing and all of that. And it's hard, but I really do feel like it's not so much about the price as it is about the experience that you're giving them. And in order for them to know what that is, you have to put yourself out there. Let me see. Let me go back over here. Do clients get to preview their images the same day immediately following their session in order to choose what images to use for ornaments? How does this work? What's the setup like? No. So they get their, I don't remember what my contract says. I think the contract said within two weeks or maybe, yeah, I think within two weeks, but I did for me personally, I did all the shooting. Monette did all the editing and then I delivered all of the galleries. They got the galleries and then Again, I had different template templates set up. So if they had if they had ordered artwork at the event, then they got a specific email that said, you chose artwork at the event, go ahead and heart the images that you want used on your ornaments. And then that was it. They would get to see their images and they would heart that and I would create it and send it for them. So it's not same day. It's not immediately following. They get to choose their ornaments or their artwork, whatever it was, whenever they receive their full gallery. And that's when they let us know what images they want to use. Can I share any tips for maximizing efficiency during the actual photographing of sessions? I think that part of this is just going to be experience. I actually am changing Santas this year. So the Santa that I've used for seven years, I'm not going to be with him this year. And I think that part of like why I was so efficient is because like he knew the routine. So the routine of come in, he smiles at the camera, looks down at the kid, does this. It's like this workflow that we both had and he knew my hand signals and it was really quick. I do think that if you're doing Santa ahead of time, just having a conversation with him of, Hey, these are the images that I want to get or to try to get with every single kid and being on the same page about it. When it comes down to it, they are paid actors and they are pretty dang good at, or they should be at knowing the Santa poses to do with each kid. My Santa, I was the first photographer that he ever worked with. So I technically trained him on what to do. And so even if you, even if that's the case for you, you can train them on what you're wanting to do with the event. For motherhood, I think that it's important that you go into it knowing, hey, this is about what I'm going to do with every single mom. So maybe you're using a bench and you're going to start with mom on the bench with all the kids. And then you're going to come up close and get mom with each kid, but without even taking away a baby, right? You just are doing close up of mom with each kid. And then you're doing some details and then you ask her to get up and you're doing some backlit images. If you have just a loose workflow in your head to begin with, then that gives a base of, let's say, 
seven to 10 images that every mom is going to walk away with. And then just like the organic things, moments that happen with every single mom and baby is going to add on another three to five images probably from every single session. Let's see the AI watermark removal is freaking me out in regards to proof galleries. Many sometimes attract people who want more for less. So I think that can be true. However, I think that like for me, ask my clients paying $600 for five minutes of a mini is a, is high. I don't, everybody upgraded. I don't think that I've ever had that issue. I don't pick time does have an AI watermark deal. I don't know how well that works, but I've never had any issues at all. So I think that just watermarking it well, and maybe using a tool, like, I don't know if you use pick time or not, but they have that AI software in it. I think that if you're pricing it, I don't know. I, I do validate what you're saying that like minis do attract the wrong clients, but I think that's the minis that are like $50 for 30 minutes, those kind of minis, not the ones that are like what I'm doing that are $600 for five minutes. Those people, that's a, that's a big ask in my opinion. And I don't see everyone up everyone, but I think three people upgraded to the full and they still bought images. They just didn't buy the full gallery. Let's see. Did you mention how far in advance you're announcing your sessions? Then how far in advance you release the event? Do you keep the same rule in terms of length of time for all many sessions throughout the year? Okay. So I did mention how far in advance I'm announcing. For me, I do it. I do Santa in July, but I can do that because I've been doing it for a long time. And that's when they expect it to be announced. I think that if you are just starting these out, if you announced it in July, it would crash and burn. So I think that if you're just starting, you need to do it much closer to your event. So if you're doing like November, announcing it in late September, early October is probably much better. I do not do the same length of time for all mini sessions throughout the year. So just like with Santa, I stopped doing that during COVID. I did the same thing with my motherhood event. I'm debating on what to do this year with the motherhood event. I'm just toying with it. But in the past, the motherhood event was longer. They were loved on more. I think I did 10 minutes for their actual photography time and they got to choose wardrobe. They had a petite hair and makeup that I came up with my hair and makeup artist. It was more like in-depth for the client. They were there longer, but the actual photography time was just 10 minutes. And again, I had assistance. I had the two hair and makeup artists that were doing the clients. I had someone helping keep track of everybody. I had someone help helping people choose wardrobe and whatnot. So it was definitely, definitely an, uh, an event. Let's see. Can I explain what a petite hair and makeup is? Are you paying them or as clients? Clients are always paying them. I never, ever pay my hair and makeup artists. Petite hair and makeup, what we came up with was that lashes, lips, liner. So lashes with a liner, lips, blush, and brows are like the things that make the biggest difference. So clients would come ready with foundation, concealer, all of that's done. And then my hair and makeup artist would put on lashes. They would throw in a little blush. They would do a really just like nude lip. And then they would fill in brows a little bit and do loose curls on everybody. And that took about 20 minutes per client. And so what we did is we 
for like the first clients that started, they came early to start with their hair and makeup. So let's say my photography time was at like 10, they would get there at nine to do hair and makeup, be able to do wardrobe and then start at 10 o'clock. And then we would have people staggered to where it just was like flowing. And they knew that if they were getting hair and makeup, that their partner had to bring the kids later. They couldn't have kids there with them, but it wound up working out great. And not everybody did hair and makeup. So it, we weren't like super, super full with tons of people waiting for hair and makeup. It was like a really good, like it was a good balance. That That's the word. It was a good balance. And if you are worried about that, you could offer just a limited number of hair and makeup spots. So, Hey, I'm doing a motherhood event. We are offering petite hair and makeup with this artist. There's only 10 spots available. And that way you can have it mapped out in your appointments for the day. First come, first served on the hair and makeup, but they always pay the hair and makeup artist directly. What was the petite session cost? If you're meaning for hair and makeup, it's in the motherhood event content in membership. I don't quite remember what they charged. I want to say it was 125 for lashes, lips, blush, brows, and loose curls. And do clients pay hair and makeup artists a day of or beforehand? I believe that they had a deposit on file with the hair and makeup artist and then they paid beforehand but that's all between so i do things differently like jenny schedules everything like on behalf of her hair and makeup artist i don't do that anymore i give i get all the clients ready and then i say here you go alea <laughs> and she does all of the scheduling <laughs> i've not done events with alea yet but if i were to do an event like that I would tell all the clients, here's Alea's information, contact her and she will get you scheduled for this event. Now, me and Alea would have talked beforehand and she would know about all the times and everything like that, but I don't handle any of the scheduling because <clears throat> if there's a mishap with scheduling, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, but Allison did that. <laughs> it's not my fault. Let's see. Are your events just a one day thing or do you make it a weekend thing? My Santa events are a two-day thing on the, on the weekends. We do Saturday morning, Saturday evening, indoor, outdoor, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, indoor, outdoor. And I may or may not switch that this year. I might just do all indoor because since I'm flying back to Houston for these now, it really stresses me out if it were to rain and I don't want that stress in my life anymore. So I just might do all indoor Santa and call it a day. I have a really good Santa this year that I'm super excited to use. So I think that we might just do all indoor and not have to fuss and we can still change setups and whatnot. We could still do the tree farm. It would just be inside. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to pop. Oh, how did I find my Santa? This Santa, I randomly used a hashtag. I don't remember what even the hashtag was. But he, I clicked on it when I was posting from this past fall and he used the same hashtag and I fell in love with him because he is like a rocker in his off season <laughs> and he has like an amazing voice and he sings like rock music. And I just think it's hilarious, like seeing a Santa in a Santa suit singing like rock jams. So I reached out to him and he's just moved to Houston and 
it's awesome. You can also find them on Gig Salad. You can find them. There's like a fraternity of Santas nationwide, literally, like they take it very seriously. They have meetups and all of those things. And so you can crack into the fraternity of Santas and find a good one near you. But yeah, I, I think my first one I found on Gig Salad and I, they invoiced me through there and it was all like through that thing. But then subsequent years, it was just straight through them. I didn't book through Gig Salad anymore. Let's see. What does post events look like for clients? So post event, I send them out an email thanking them for coming, telling them what to expect. And then I follow up with them when their gallery is ready and it tells them exactly what to do. So I, with these events, you have, you absolutely 1000% have to have boundaries or you're going to be miserable trying to chase 50 to 70 people for payment. So my boundaries are super clear. I say, this is your, they don't schedule their viewing appointments. I deliver it and I say, you've got two days to look over your images and make payment. Payments not made within two days and incur like a $50 late fee. I'm very upfront and honest because I do not want a fourth job of <laughs> chasing people for payment in a busy season. And obviously there's always exceptions. Like if, you know, someone like someone this past fall was absolutely sick um, during all of that. So that excused, but I think that not being unkind, but just, Hey, this is, this is what, what I'm expecting of you. Here's the gallery. This is how it's going to go. Sets them up for success. Everything's clear. They know what to expect. And then you are receiving payments when payments are due and you're not having to chase anybody. And that's truly what keeps, they don't realize this, but that's what keeps these the price is where they are. Because if I had to chase 50 people, I'm going to charge more for it because my time is worth money. Looking back, what are some valuable lessons that I've learned from running these events? Always have people there to help you. That's a must. I think I looked at this question before, before this, before the Zoom. And I still, I'm like, man, what if I, like? I feel like there's a million things that I learned, but I can't, I don't even remember. Have people with you. Be clear with your boundaries. That's a big one. When you're dealing with this many families in such a short amount of time, your contracts need to be clear. Absolutely. Your invoices need to be clear. The expectation, the your communication, you need to over-communicate and what they should expect from you and what you should expect from them. I think that's really what equals a successful event. What are typical Santa costs? And is Mrs. Claus worth the extra? <laughs> so I think that mine previously was $2.25 an hour, maybe somewhere around there. He automatically came with Mrs. Claus. I personally don't find that, like I don't use Mrs. Claus in my events. I just asked her to sit on the um, couch and read the kids stories because she automatically came with him. But if I was 
asked to pay more for Mrs. Claus, I would not pay more for Mrs. Claus. This is a Santa event. Truly what the families are coming for, for is Santa. I build it around Santa. So if I was asked to pay more for Mrs. Claus, my answer would be no, because she automatically comes with him. I just ask her to read Christmas stories to the kids on the couch. And that's really it. Let's see. I've done tons of outside mini sessions and always am looking for the politest, kindest way to end the sessions with five minutes in session studio. Wait, with five minutes in session studio questions. How are you timing or saying all done? I say, that's it. We did it. Good job. That's literally what I say. I think that like they're looking at you to be like the, we're the artists. We're the ones that are like the end all be all. I do have my best friend who's timing. So if I'm going over, she'll be like, timer. So she's like in the background. But I typically know like when I've got enough, I also am not one. I'm not click happy because I know then somebody's going to have to call that. So I will get what I know I need to get. And I'll be like, you guys did such a good job. That's it. It was painful. It was painless. Done. And sometimes they look at me and I'm like, are you surprised? Like it was easy. Good job. And that's it. Like sometimes you just have to pause and let there be that silence. And then when you deliver the gallery and it's beautiful, then they trust you for next time. That's really all I got. That's what I say to them. I do feel like the awkwardness sometimes. And sometimes you do have those like random one or two families that are like, but did you get this? But did you get that? And you just have to say, yeah, I did. You're good. I promise you. And you have to just own it. What other ways are there to market mini sessions besides social media? I will send out Flowdesk newsletters. I will create a blog post. Melissa, our SEO guru, who we love so much, she will always say, hey, like now's the time to create that blog post about Santa because people are starting to like the Santa event near me or Santa sessions near me, keyword trending is starting to spike. So I think that watching those keywords and knowing when to put out that blog post is important. So I always blog about my event. I always will send out newsletters about the event. I do get on social media and talk about the event. And then I just tell clients, clients that have been doing it for forever are always asking, hey, are we doing that this year? And I just respond, yes, look here and there. And I personally do give current clients dibs. So I will send them like a, a link first to sign up and I'll say, hey, 24 hours to you guys, grab those spots before I release it. And oftentimes they fill it up. There's a, a million different ways to do it, but I think that those are the biggest. SEO is always a big deal. So I would figure out like what keywords in your area people are searching for. I don't know that like motherhood mini session is probably not a keyword that gets a lot of traffic, but if you figure out like what version of mini session in your area is getting traffic, blog about that. And then hopefully that blog post will start getting traffic and you can keep it updated with whatever you're doing. My Santa blog posts always wind up getting traffic in the Santa time period. Am I offering a free spot for past clients or other perk for Santa? No, for motherhood, I did different versions. So I really wound up doing like a, what I called a mixed event. So I had new clients that wanted to buy a spot. So I offered that to them. And then I offered existing clients. They were able to grab a spot for free that included a digital file 
one file that was like my gift, gift to them. And then if they wanted all the files, they upgraded and everybody upgraded. So I still made money. They felt loved on. They got, gosh, the last time I did it, it was like, I don't even remember what year, but I had a lot of people that I worked with that wanted to like gift things, like put things in the swag bag because they wanted that marketing for themselves. So I don't even think that I paid for anything in the swag bag. Yeah. I mean, they, so they got to come and they got flowers and they got, they got, went home with a bunch of stuff and they got basically like a free sitting fee, a free picture with them and their kids. And then they got to upgrade and the upgrade fee was like so small compared to what they would have normally paid. So they felt loved on and it worked out in the end because it was still a good event for me. Any suggestions on a swag bag? Oh man, there's a lot of things that you can put in there. I do welcome boxes now. And a lot of things I put in the welcome boxes, I would have put in the swag bag. So I would try to differentiate that as much as possible. Whenever I did it the last time, Kendra Scott gifted them jewelry. And then the florist that I work with gave each mom a bouquet and like this beautiful French lavender, like sachet bag. And then, oh, I did buy something. I got them really pretty soap from Lush. I put in there. I would just honestly ask yourself as a mom for yourself, what would you want? And then put that in there because then that's going to like, like you can connect with them on that. Be like, oh my gosh. And I put this in there because I love this and I use this and you can talk about it versus it just being like random stuff. Like I would put in there what you absolutely love because then it's like a reflection of you and who you are as a mama. I don't know. I feel like all moms really just want things that they wouldn't normally get for themselves. <laughs> so whatever that is for you. Let's see. Can I explain how I team up with florists without buying from a florist? Back then, I she's moved to London since then. I miss her so much. But I was using a florist. So all this was back when like flower crowns were really in and uh, flat lays were like really in. And so my, just like I would refer out to a hair and makeup artist, I would refer all of my clients out to this one specific florist. She was incredible. And she would source like the most epic flowers. Like she would have them flown in from like California and like all of these amazing places. Like my clients would spend $450 on a flat lay that we would use for five pictures. It was insane. So I would, I team up with her just the same way that I would do a, a hair and makeup artist. And so when it came to the motherhood event, she put a tiny bouquet together for every single mom because she got to market to them. And then the husbands were like, oh, my wife loved this bouquet. Let me go ahead and order a bouquet from her for Mother's Day. And her Mother's Day, her bouquets in general are just like the most, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. So anyways. That was easy. It was easy. It was an easy marketing thing for her. She put it. And a lot of the moms that were there, like she had already done work with. And so it was like her way of also saying thank you as well. So it worked out. Samantha asked a flat lay for portrait sessions. Yeah. So it was like she would come and she would put, she would get like whatever blooms the mom wanted. And she would put them around on the beanbag in like a big circle. She, one time she did like her version of the moon and the stars, but with flowers, whatever blooms the mom wanted. She did succulents one time. 
And so we did, she would create flat lays and I would photograph them. And she just did the most beautiful work. Any other questions, y'all? I do real quick. Yeah. You mentioned, I'm still on the swag bag, but you mentioned Kendra Scott gifted jewelry. I personally have a really hard time asking for things like that. How do you do that? Like, how do you go into a store? I feel like I have some kind of connections. We, I live in a small town, but it's always a little bit tricky to present that to them. How do you suggest that? I think that things, and I'm like, I feel like a broke saying this again, things used to be a lot different. Back whenever they gifted that, they had approached me and they were like, hey, how, what can we do in order to get, cause they, I get, I think that they saw that who I was, who my clients were their ideal client. And so they approached me, they asked for a meeting and they were like, oh, you're going to do this motherhood event. Let us provide jewelry for the event for them to borrow. So they brought in the most, it was tons of jewelry, their wedding line. And then let us give everybody some jewelry in their swag bag. I think that people have asked, have approached Kendra Scott for the same thing. Immediately after people approached and they said, yes, now people have approached and they've been like, I don't think that they've done that. I think they wanted to be paid for it. So I'm not quite sure where Kendra Scott lands on that anymore, but that was how it worked for me. People contributed to my swag bag because they knew that I was hosting an event and they saw the swag bag as a opportunity to market to their ideal client. So I didn't ask them. They just approached me. That's what I feel comfortable with for myself personally. I don't know that I would feel comfortable approaching a business and being like, hey, I'm going to do this event. Do you want to like put something in my swag bag? No, if I'm, if I was like, I think that if I was like really close with somebody, like really like friend, like a friendship with them, I would maybe ask, but not just like a random business. So I think that you you could start marketing and saying a swag bag. And if local businesses see that, they might reach out to you and say, hey, we want to be in that swag bag because they're going to see that your ideal client is their ideal client. But I don't know that I would approach them about that. However, you can approach, let's say there's like a local boutique that you absolutely love and they carry some soaps that you want to put in there. You can go in there and say, hey, I'm having a motherhood event. I would like to buy 20 soaps to put in the swag bag that I'm going to gift moms. And sometimes just by saying that, they'll respond and they'll say, oh, hey, if we can put our card in there, we'll give you a discount of whatever. Because again, it's marketing. Like they are immediately going to understand. That's how I would probably do it. Yeah. And Shannon says, I would ask local businesses that you can support instead of a big company. Yeah, that too. Local boutiques and local florists and stuff like that. She says, it's such a beautiful way to give money to small business and then build that relationship. So many people in this group ask how to network with local boutiques. And that's how, yeah. Shannon, I feel like you're like the queen of networking I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I have all these ideas. I'm an introvert. So I have all these ideas, but putting them to action is harder than, yeah. 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 But I just feel like I hate when I get asked stuff like that from other businesses. And so oftentimes for us, it doesn't benefit us. Like I try to think, I'm like, what can I put in a swag bag that would actually get my ideal clients? And it's never, I can never think of anything. So I just wouldn't want anybody else to have to do that. But like you said, if you go in there and talk to them, they probably, they might be like, 
like, oh, let me throw in the spray candle or like something that actually makes sense for them. And yeah. if not, if you're going to spend money anyway for your swag bag, you might as well support someone local. And then you have an in for them because you can tag them and your stories, like all of that. Yeah. And always showing, I don't know, always being able to show like local support. It just gets you in with, in with the community. But I am such a creature of habit. I'm such a creature of habit. So it's like the minute that I moved studios in May. And so the minute that I moved studios, I was like, I need to find a baker, not like a bunch of bakers to use for cake smashes a baker. And so I went in, I talked to them and I was like, look, I'm going to send all my clients to you for cake smashes. And that's it. Like I'm going to send them. I don't like, I don't need extravagant cakes. I need every time they call you and they say, what am I supposed to, to order? This is what they're supposed to order. And then that way I have that connection with them. And so I tag them every single time. It just works out great that way. And then there's like a loop that winds up happening. I tag them they re- they reshare me. It just you don't do it for that, but it's nice to have that. I guess I do network a little bit, Shannon. <laughs> I'm introverted like you though. It's, I can sit here and talk all day, but in reality, I'm like mm, just. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's those genuine ways of networking. Like I visited a jewelry maker last Friday in her studio, and I I wanted to meet her because I love. I don't like a lot of jewelry, but I was like, your stuff moves me. It's so feminine. It's beautiful, and. I didn't even take pictures when I was there, but when I went home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to share one of her pictures of her jewelry and just post about it because I like the jewelry. And then mm-hmm. from there, you think about they're going to share that in their stories. And I would think about all the people that buy her jewelry are going to be the same people that I would photograph. So it's, I think we get so stuck in our head. And it's if you would just go to coffee with someone, if you would just attend an event and have a like a genuine conversation with people, that's how I get my clients. I'm not like out there at a speed networking event, like trying to make it happen. Yeah. Just those genuine connections. Yeah. Attending an event gives me an anxiety. Oh my God. There's no, no way. When I, and, and then I get mad at myself because I go and then I talk to one person the whole event. And it's usually someone who's not even my ideal client. They're like me. And then I'm like, I just got dressed, went to this event and I talked to one person and had four <laughs> glasses of wine because I was so nervous. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-mm. It's not for me. No. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, guys, let's see. Angela said, that's why I asked the question, the group networking with local businesses. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Just try to find the, let's see, I tried it, decided not to charge her, but to do a shoot in her shop and blog. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you can, I don't know, you can decide on what feels good, like what fits, what feels good and what you want to do. So while sometimes you might decide you want to charge people other times you don't have to and you can you get to do what you want to do because it's your business yeah so if you're new and you want to network and build those relationships then absolutely do it 100 okay we did it guys a successful zoom call on a mini sessions the education and membership you heard us talk about today will be opening and available soon And we don't want you to miss out on the opportunity as well as a whole host of other free resources already available to you. Simply sign up for our email list at themotherhoodanthology.com. And while you're there, you can download our complimentary course titled How to Market to Fill Your Calendar to get yourself started on a journey to a successful business today. Y'all know I love to end these with a quote, and I like this one by Scott Belsky. It's not about ideas. It's about making ideas happen. So from our lens to yours, Until next time, friends.